Welcome to Masters of the Educational Universe with your host, Dr. Jackie Throngard. And welcome back to Masters of the Educational Universe. As always, I am Dr. Jacqueline Throngard, and with me today, we have a very special guest, Technical Sergeant Mark Holliday. Hello. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about a career with the Air National Guard, or the National Guard in general. If you're interested in that, you know where to get some information. You can either go see a career counselor at your school, or you can go look up a local recruiter. So there we go. That's If we don't answer your questions on this podcast, you know where to go. But today we are going to talk about Mark and about his particular experience with the Air National Guard. So, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Well, in the National Guard, I am a cyber transport technician, which means I deal primarily with computer and telephone systems infrastructure. So I work with the computers and phones, the wiring, the systems behind that, the administration of those systems and the programming, that type of thing. I've been doing it for quite some time, so and I really enjoy it, and I enjoy the people that I work with. So how long have you been part of the Air National Guard? Uh, I've been part of the Air National Guard since I was in high school. I did the delayed enlistment program that they had at the time. I've been in for 25 years. Is that pretty typical? You know, quite frankly, well, when I'm speaking of the National Guard, I'm doing it shorthand. There's actually two branches of the National Guard. There's the Army National Guard and the Air National Guard. These two services uh, belong to each state. Uh, the governors, our commander-in-chief before the president, whereas in the regular services and the reserves, which are the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard, those are on a federal level, and their commander-in-chief is directly the president of the United States. So there's quite a large number of services that are available to people, and that's not even including your foreign services, your diplomats, uh, all your civilian side, FBI, CIA, NSA, all that kind of thing. So working for the government, it's a big family. (laughs) And I'm just a small part of it being in the National Guard. Wow. That, okay, so that's a lot more encompassing than what I originally thought. I just thought it was okay, you're either active service, military, or you're a National Guard person. So that is very enlightening to me because I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, you know, most people don't. It, it, you know, being in the military, it, it surprises me a little bit, but I can see from that other point of view where, where people would not. Should I be calling you Technical Sergeant Holiday, or is it okay if I call you Mark? It's fine if you call me Mark because we have a personal relationship and this is outside the military. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you can just call me Jackie. You don't have to call me doctor or anything. Oh, that's good. You know, just in case you were wondering. All right. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started? All right. To become a member of any of the services, you have to take a test called the ASVAB. Typically, high schools, there'll be a time set aside every year for students to take this test. And they do it in colleges and universities and technical schools as well. Essentially, it's a broad spectrum general knowledge questions that they ask you. It's like any typical bubble sheet test. You have multiple choice questions, you answer it, and then you develop a score from that. With that scoring system, the military for each of the branches has a way to break that out to see what careers that you would be suited for. And based upon those scores, they'll steer you one direction or another. It's kind of a way for them to see what your aptitudes are and to follow through. When I was in high school, when I took the test, I did pretty well across the board. So I was being sought after by the recruiters at the time. So I had the you know Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force contacting me, calling me, sending me brochures, sending me letters, that kind of thing, because they wanted me to join being a young male 
of, you know, military age who able to do pretty much any job. So, you know, I liked that attention at the time, to tell you the truth. But I did some research. I looked at joining the Army National Guard and the Air National Guard. And I ended up choosing the Air National Guard based upon what I felt was the best for me. And I can't speak to anybody else or the typical National Guard experience. I can only speak for myself, but I think I made the right choice. I really enjoyed what I did. The career that I picked out for myself has really suited me well. So, Mark, can you tell us about the education that you've had from high school on? And it's my understanding that you had two different jobs with the military. Is that correct? Yes, I've uh, changed career fields in the military technically twice now. I did this cyber transport career field up till about a few years ago, and I transferred over to client systems. Uh, I reattended technical training for that, and I achieved a certain level of that, and then they transferred me back to my previous career field, where I'm, which I'm doing now. With that, uh, I joined the military in high school, had some free time to myself before I went to basic training. Uh, I completed that. I went on to technical training, and then I came back to my civilian life. At that point, I started going to college full-time. At a community college? Yes, I did. In Hawaii, the community college and the four-year colleges are part of the same system. So I began going to a community college because it was less expensive. And then uh, I transferred units from Hawaii to Idaho when I moved to Idaho and uh, started attending a four-year college here. And at that point, I got my first associate's degree with the Air Force. So, Mark, I understand now that you work full-time with the Guard. Is that typical? Well, it really depends. Oftentimes, when people join the National Guard, they do their typical one weekend a month and two weeks a year as a traditional Guardsman. In addition to being a traditional Guardsman, there are opportunities for full-time employment at the base that they work at. And that's what I did for the first half of my career. I was a traditional guardsman, and then when the opportunity presented itself, I I gained full-time employment there, and I've done that ever since. Have you ever had the opportunity to go overseas, or have you ever been shipped out? And what's the likelihood that somebody who gets into a similar situation would have that happen? Well, actually, personally, for me, the only time I've gone overseas is I went to Korea for a couple weeks for an exercise. Uh, But that is atypical for any member of the military. Typically, a person will be deployed overseas as a member of uh, the National Guard. And depending upon the career that they choose or the career field they're in, they may be sent multiple times or have the opportunity to to go multiple times, depending upon the needs of the unit or the mission. And you said that you were in Korea? Yes. So did they... Okay, so this is what... I saw this on PBS. I don't know if it's true, but since you've been there, you can enlighten me. You know how we have hot dog vendors here on the street? Yes. I saw on, okay, it was a PBS show, granted, but they had insects on a stick at like a hot dog vendor thing. And you were like, yeah, I'll take six scorpions on a stick, please. Do they have that there? Honestly, I did not see that in Korea, but I would not be surprised if they didn't do it. There were a lot of unique and exotic things to eat. And I don't, I can't name some of them that I ate. Uh, Being a member of the military, deploying to different locations, you'll have the opportunity to probably eat a bug on a stick at some point in your career, whether you choose to or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's one of the great things about being in the military, too, is you interact not only with, with Americans all over the United States that come from different backgrounds and cultures, but you interact with people all around the world with different ways of thinking, different religions, different philosophies. And it it really is a great thing because you do get to see the world in a different light. What advice do you have for somebody out there that is looking at this as a possible career path? Well, 
honestly, the biggest piece of advice that I could give that I think is the most important, regardless of which service you're going to join, is to really do some research on the careers available for the branch that you're looking at. And when you're speaking with a recruiter, put it in the contract what career you want so that it's not chosen for you. Because that way you can set yourself up for a better future and for yourself. If you are looking at the military as a possible option and you are overweight, is it true that you have to go to overweight camp? Well... Not necessarily. With the services, when you join up, there are physical requirements that must be met. If you are overweight past those limits, then you will have to slim down to to make a certain weight. Typically, and honestly, I'm not sure what the requirements are, but once you have signed on the dotted line and joined up and you go to basic training, you do have to go through physical training and pass a test in order to make it through basic training. And if you don't, then you're not in the service any longer. They'll kick you out. I would recommend that if anybody were considering that, that they find the guidelines for their particular service and try to meet those as best they can prior to going. Because when you go to basic training, typically they break you down and build you back up. And anything you can do to prepare for that ahead of time to make it easier on yourself will make your experience a lot better. Well, I really do appreciate your honesty with your answers and and being here and talking with us today. And I also would like to thank our listeners for once again tuning in. And this has been Dr. Jacqueline Throngard with our host, Technical Sergeant Mark Holliday for another student success and careers. Ta-ta. To contact Dr. Throngard or to guest, you can find her at JackieThrongard.me, Twitter at JackieThrongard, or LinkedIn as Jackie Throngard. By the way, Throngard is spelled... T-H-R-O-N-G-A-R-D. 